Thank you for listening to this message from Waynesboro Free Methodist Church. Our mission is to multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We hope this message helps you along your journey. All right, church family, if you could get your Bibles out and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. If you didn't happen to bring a Bible with you this morning, do not fret, fear not. We have Bibles for you. They're in the seat back right in front of you. If you'd pull that out. Ephesians chapter four. We've been there a few times already in this series. uh, And and so we're gonna be back there again today. Guys, I'm glad to be back with you. I missed you all last week. Uh, I found myself longing to be back with you while I was away. And it was a good good time. Uh, But uh, we love being home. We love being with our church family here. Uh, I want to just say, uh, uh, share a little bit of my gratitude uh, towards Everything that happened last week and everything that's already happened this week so far. But uh, uh, when we were away, I, 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 we were, y'all were in really good hands, weren't you? Uh, obviously, you were in the Lord's hands, so there's no better hands than that, right? Uh, but we also, uh, like Lisa, led worship this past Sunday, and we're blessed to have her lead, and we're thankful. So thank you, Lisa, for leading our gathering last Sunday in worship. And we also had Pastor Bruce preaching this past Sunday on a really tough but so good topic. And I'm grateful for their service to you as our church family. Uh, Guys, this is going to be our last Sunday in this series called Transformed. Okay, I didn't see anybody be like raising their hands in praise or anything. Okay, so I guess it's good. Uh, Some of you may have sighed a sigh of relief because we've been in this for a while, haven't we? I don't need any more jokes from Ethan about how long my sermon series are. But, but we've been in it for a while, and, and guys, I hope it's blessed you. I hope it's encouraged you in your walk with Christ. And I told you before, and I'll tell you again, this was a totally selfish sermon series because I needed it for me. I needed to press on into Christ-likeness, and I wanted to, to get clarity on that issue. So uh, I'm just grateful that you were bearing with me, and this, and this is our last Sunday. For those who haven't been able to kind of tune in uh, or... or, or have been paying attention to the series thus far, feel free to go online, waynesborofm.com, and sermons, you can find them there. The whole series has a, a webpage for it, and you can go back and listen to and catch up on all the sermons. But I'm gonna do a brief recap of the last 10 weeks in two minutes. You ready? Seatbelts, let's go. We started off in Romans 12 with this idea that we as Christians being born again are to be not conformed, but what? Transformed. We are to be transformed, and that looks not like uh, uh, like a, a, a like something like it's being restored. We talked about that old house. It's not taking the old things and making them better and more functioning. It's getting rid of the old and making it new. So we are new what creations in Christ Jesus, right? We are new creatures. We have been reconstructed, remade. We're different, right? We are different people born again. And when we're born again, we're born again into this uh, potential to have this maturity that looks like Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We get to, we get to look like Christ to the world. We have this potential. We, we, we actually defined the, the, the maturity that we're growing into, we said it's a maturity like Christ fullness in every way possible. And it's not just behavior betterment. Oh, I can, I can be kinder better, right? And that's not what we're talking about here. And we, and, and we learn that we don't just get to that maturity by our good works. We don't get there by works. We get there by what? Faith, by believing. And that's not just simply receiving, that's also working into the depths of our hearts and the convictions that are there, because you, you guys remember that snake? Some of you can't re- forget it. 
You've been having nightmares since then. I apologize. I love you. I'm sorry. But you remember the snake. What we believed about the snake then informed our feelings, which then drove us out of the room in fear, right? Or we were wanting to come up here and be uh, in touching it, right? And feeling it and be like, oh, that's cool because we believe they're, they're unique. They're interesting, right? Now, we know that this building up in the faith, this purifying of our faith isn't just mere knowledge accumulation, like we get to know more stuff. No, no, it's mind renewal, right? Be transformed by what? The renewing of our minds. In other words, we go into our hearts, into our inner selves, and we ask the Lord to show us the convictions that we believe. And that's not something that we passively do, like we're just sitting out on a beach getting a suntan. All right, God, you're just going to do it, so I don't have to do anything. No, we, we actively go, all right, God, here's something in me, and I don't like it. Come in, come on. Like, Lord, you're already in there. Let's go. Let's go deep. Figure out what I'm believing that's wrong, and teach me the truth, and convince me of it. Convince me of what's true. And that's what the Holy Spirit's given to us for, right? And you know what else? We praise God that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. That was 2 Peter, right? An incredible promise from the Lord. We have everything we need for this life and for godliness. Not just simply to act godly, where we see something coming up and it's, oh, that's not good, that's definitely not godly. Or I gotta push it down, oh, I love you and I love you, oh gosh, you guys, oh, this hurts, but I'm trying to love you. That's acting godly, that's not being godly. What we're talking about here is we are transformed in our nature where what actually comes out is the spirit of God. And there's nothing in the way like a well overflowing that we talked about two weeks ago. And then, and then last week, Pastor Bruce so rightly talked about how one of the environments in which God transforms us and purifies our faith is in suffering. It's in trials of various kinds. And the, oh, that doesn't sound that much fun, does it? <laughs> But it's, it's one of God's key environments for our growth. So instead of running away or trying to just get through the suffering, we embrace it and we ask, all right, Lord, what are you doing in me through this? Now, this week, that was the recap. Did I do two minutes? No, I did five. I'm sorry. This week, we're going to be talking about another environment that God uses for our transformation. And it is a great environment. In fact, it's one of the better environments for our growth into Christ-likeness, our growth into maturity. So again, we're back in Ephesians chapter four. Guys, I have been reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It's a newer translation, but you probably have the NIV or the ESV. Either will work. It's all good. But Ephesians 4, Paul's writing about the church. He's writing about the church that Jesus bled for and died. He saved and redeemed by his own blood, not by their works, but simply by their faith. And, and we get to verse 11. Verse 11. And we'll read all the way down to verse 16. And Christ himself gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. You should know that. That's familiar, right? Verse 14, then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning and cleverness and the techniques of deceit. 
but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Now we're in verse 16, and this is our key verse for the morning. We're going to spend the rest of the morning just on verse 16 with some help from the other passages. Verse 16, from Christ, who is the head, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. This is the word of the Lord. Let's say it. Thanks be to God. I do that every now and then. So when I say that, the response, we thank the Lord for his word. So thanks be to God. That's uh, like some of you have that background. Some of you don't. And it's okay. It's not commanded, but we'll do it anyways. So we've got this one passage, one verse, and we're going to break it up into two parts. The first part is called bodybuilding. And the second part is your unique role. So we've got bodybuilding and your unique role. So if you want to go ahead and make your outline and have the first section and the second section, you type A people, you're great. So bodybuilding, let's start off with that. Check it out in verse 16. From Christ, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love. All right, so first, let's just all get on the same page with what we mean by body here. What, what does Paul mean by the whole body? What he's referring to is the capital C church and local church as well. Everyone that's rescued by Christ through faith. Now, he's not using the image of a body in the sense of like, this is a body of people, right, as a group. He's saying the body, the physical, visible body. It's an imagery, that he's using. It's a body with all of its different members and parts, but it's one. It's got all the organs inside and everything, but it's still one body. So you can see Paul talk about this in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll, I'll give you just a little bit of it. It says this, for just as the body is one and has many parts and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we are, we're all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, no matter the ethnic diversity, right? Whether slaves or free, no matter the economic status. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many parts in one body. Therefore, guys, the church is like a body. It's made up of many parts. And who's the head of the body? Christ. Christ is the head. So, so there's something key that we already need to be aware of when it comes to body building in the church, right? The first thing is Christ grows the body, right? Can we say that together? One, two, three. Christ grows the body. It's from him, right? We started off reading from Christ, the whole body promotes the growth. So all of our growth as ma- in maturity comes from Christ, And that shouldn't surprise you, right? You remember the the whole promise that Jesus made to the apostle Peter? He changed his name from Simon to Peter, which is the Greek word Petros, and Petros just means rock. And, 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 And then Jesus said to him, and on this rock, I will what? Build my church. I will build my church. Jesus builds his church. Now, not only was that Peter, I do believe that was referring to Peter, but I also believe it was referring to the apostles, because the apostles, you can see the new city in New Jerusalem built with the apostles as the foundation as well. But the apostles are going to be the foundation upon which Jesus promises to build up his church, which we are finding out here is also referred to as the body 
I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna get tired of saying the word body over and over again. Body, 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 body. All right, there, it's, I'm tired. So therefore, guys, any growth into maturity that we experience is always gonna be from Jesus. It's never from our own strength or efforts. It's always coming from Christ. And guys, if we don't have Christ, we don't have growth. In other words, like if you didn't have a head on your body, would you, would you be growing right now? No, no. You're, if you're headless, you're dead, right? But if we are connected to the head, that is Christ, we are growing. We are alive and living as a church. But here's what's crazy. This growth that we're talking about in the church, it's symmetrical. So, so not only does our growth come from Christ and only from him, but also it's through something. It's through a conduit, which is what? The body, the church. The body, right? The body is part of this. From Christ, the whole body promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love. So here's a, a key thing. Let's read this together. One, two, three. The body builds the body. That's what we're, that's what we're studying here. I, I, I can't convince you of this, but it's in God's word. Right? The whole body promotes the growth of the body. There's a mutual building up that happens within this body. And if you don't believe me, let me just use some of the context that we already had in, in verse 11. If you go back and look there, you remember how verse 11, he talks about that Jesus gave the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. He gave them to the church for what? It says, they were given to equip the saints, verse 12, for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. All right, so let's, let's just do some analyzing on this. Let's think about this as deep as we can, all right? Let's, let's think. Is it the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, or teacher who does the work of the ministry, according to this text? Is it them? It's not a trick question. Who, who does the work? The saints, right? No, no, the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher were given to the church to equip who? The saints. The saints. Now, when you, if you have a Catholic background, you might be thinking of, oh, well, that's, that's the patron saints, right? The patron saints, like St. Anthony of Padua, who's the patron saint of all lost things, so whenever I pray to him when I've lost my car keys, I'll find them. That's literally a thing, by the way. There is a saint in the Catholic Church named Anthony of Padilla who's the saint of all lost things and they, they pray to this saint whenever they lose things. But is that the saints that we're talking about here in verse 12? The Bible knows of no such saints. You know who the Bible knows of the saints? Anyone who's redeemed by Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a saint. You are a called out one. You are a holy one. Not because you've done good works, but simply because you've received the righteousness of Christ by faith. So, so let's, again, y'all are, it sounds like you're a little bit iffy because you don't want to admit it that y'all are responsible for the work of ministry. And I'm responsible to equip you for it. Woo! Can we swallow that pill together? You 
are responsible for the work of ministry. Not whoever's up on here, on this little thing we call a stage. We, the church, are responsible for the work of ministry. And what does it say the work of ministry is? The building up of the body. The work of the church is the mutual edification and building up of one another into Christ-likeness. That's the work of the local church. That's the work of the local body of Christ. It is each of us as followers of Jesus who have been given this ministry to build up the body until we all grow into maturity. Those apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers were given to just equip you for that work, right? So if, if you and I as followers of Jesus have a responsibility to help build up and nurture one another into maturity, then guys, there's this major clarification that we have to put on this whole idea of bodybuilding that we're talking about in, in Christ and, and, and the hopes of our transformation. There's a major clarification that we have to put into place. Transformation happens in intimate community. Transformation, what we're going after here, growing into Christ-likeness, happens when this gets intimate. And I think this is hard for us to admit, and I'll get there in a second, but, but guys, growth and building up in the church happens in the context of the intimately gathered body of Christ. If you don't believe me, that's, that's what Paul means when he's talking about in verse 16. We're back in Ephesians 4, verse 16, our main verse. And it starts off, from him, the whole body. And then it starts saying, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. Fitted and knit together. Some of your translations might say, joined and held together. Or it might say, fitted and held together. Whatever it is, these Greek words, the, the, the compilation of them, picture something bound and united together, assembled as one with all the many parts. So you can, you can see another example of this. Uh, these Greek words were used in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. Paul uses them in the picture of a building, like we're in. A building with all of its different parts. Guys, our, we have how many church buildings here? We have one, right? But how many thousands upon thousands of parts were put together to make sure that this is a building? And are they distant from one another? Is it like a blown up blueprint? No, they're all intimately connected, right? Like those joists right there, man, they're, they're right on top of each other. They're pretty close. You see uh, the, 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 the outlet and the socket and the electricity, they're really close. If they were disconnected, they wouldn't flow. Guys, the church, not the building, but us, we, the church, are like a building being put together, intimately connected to become a holy temple in which the Spirit of God dwells. So it's, it's so appropriate for Scripture to refer to the church not only as a building, but as a body, right? Because we've got tons of parts in our body and they're all intimately connected and they work together to make me one person. Same with you. So what if my hand... I'll go with my left because I like my right. 
What if my left hand decided that it just didn't want to be intimately connected with my body? What would happen? It'd, it'd fall, it'd shrivel up, my brain wouldn't have control of it anymore. That's for sure. And it would just, it would shrivel up and die. Wouldn't be intimately connected at all. In other words, transformation and bodybuilding in the church is dependent upon the intimate union of all the parts of the body. In other words, your growth, look at me, you gotta pay attention here. Your growth in Christ depends on your intimacy with this body. So here's what I want you to do. Turn to your neighbor who is not your spouse or a family member and say to them, you are vital for my growth. Go ahead and do it right now. Here's the thing. Are you convinced of that? Is that what's true according to God's word? Right? Guys, this is honestly just a little uh, advertisement. This is why we're starting life groups. This is exactly why we're starting life groups. They're coming up. Better start paying attention to the announcements. We're starting life groups so that we can actually be intimately connected with one another because I don't know about you, but sometimes this doesn't feel very intimate. And we see the church in the New Testament gathering in multiple contexts, in a large gathering, and then in people's homes, intimately sharing communion and and breaking bread together on a weekly basis. I'm getting off track, but guys, this is why we're starting up life groups, because we need so desperately to be intimately connected to one another. Because my, my hand or my foot cannot live and grow unless it's intimate union with the rest of my body. And, and, and we cannot grow unless we're in intimate union with the body of Christ, and whose head is Christ. So that's why transformation happens in intimate community, not in distant community, not in divided community. And yet, brothers and sisters, how often, and it breaks my heart, how often do I hear that that's usually how we describe the church? Distant and divided. Distant and divided. Guys, no wonder maturity in the church is so hard to come by. We're so distant from one another. We're so divided. And yet, what we're seeing here is our intimate community is where we build one another up into maturity. So I'm, I'm going to ask a question right now, and, and, and I actually feel really led by the Lord to do this, and, and what I want to go ahead and let you know is that there's no fear of consequence for this. In fact, if you answer this question honestly according to how you truly feel, it might be an incredible moment of unity for our church and bodybuilding. So if you feel very distant from other believers in this church, would you just raise your hand? It's okay. So you're saying that a lot of you feel like you're very intimately connected, that you're going out to dinner on routine basis, that you're sharing life together, that you know people's names, and that you're sharing your struggles with them. Is that what we're saying? Because guys, this isn't intimate community. This is coming and being entertained for about an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. 
Intimate community is in the middle of the night when you're having a really tough night and you've just lost something very grave. You have somebody who will call and they will be there with you right away. And it's not the pastor. It's your close friend from your church family. So do you really believe that you are intimately connected to this church relationally with people? Because I've heard otherwise. There are a lot of people who come to me and feel very distant from this church. And it's not y'all's fault. I'm just saying it's the nature of what church could be. And what, I, what I'm asking here, what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm begging here, is that we be willing to say, you know what, maybe the church that we, we, we want, the, maybe the church that we see in scripture isn't just simply Sunday morning getting together. Maybe it's like, hey, let's, let's go do life together. Every week we're, we're, we have our friendships here. We have who we're connecting with here. And guys, I, I realize that, that some of you may, may feel distant from this church because you're just like you've been here a month. Maybe this is your first Sunday morning. Welcome. Sorry <laughs> that we got so deep real quick. <laughs> right? Uh, of course, you're not going to feel very connected to this church at first, but but I, I can't help but wonder how many people have been offended by something in the past and it's kept them reserved from going really deep into the community here. Something, something has hurt them in the past and, and they've decided, all right, I'm just gonna keep the church at arm's length. I'll show up on Sunday morning, put on a good smile and go about my week. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe it's something that you've done and you, you can't get over it and you just kept the church at distance because you know you hurt somebody else. Whatever the cause, whatever the reason, whatever, uh, whatever it may be, if we're feeling distant from one another, then it's very likely that some of us have just embraced that. We've embraced isolation. We've embraced the distancing because it's easier. As I, I get it, I get it. People, people are messy. Humans are hard. If you don't know, I mean, look at your own family life. There was all sorts of crazy stuff that happened there. So, so put it together with, with people who you kind of know and you agree on the gospel with, and goodness, things can be difficult here sometimes. And I understand that. And sometimes it may feel easier to just say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll know you on Sunday mornings, but that's, that's all I'll, I'll give. But just because it's easier to do that doesn't mean it's better. That's, that's the wide road. The narrow road says, all right, hey, I'm going to own up to the offenses that I've caused and I'm going to embrace those who have offended me and I'm going to work with them towards Christ-likeness because I care about the church more than I care about myself. I care about others more significantly than I do about myself. And I'm not downgrading myself. That's just the mindset of humility according to Philippians 2. As I, I, I'm sorry if I'm pressing buttons, if, if, if I'm offending somebody by bringing this up, but When I think of church, I think of family. 
And family lives together. Family knows each other's sorrows and joys. Family rejoices with those who rejoice and weeps with those who weeps. Family cares for one another and bears one another's burdens. And one of the worst things that we can do is to distance ourselves from that vision and say, oh, that's impossible. It's not. Guys, as long as we keep this church family at arm's length, we will remain stunted in our growth into Christ-likeness. Because this is one of the key environments that God uses to build us up. So, since this is true, transformation happens in intimate community according to Ephesians 4.16, then the opposite is true as well. Maturity is never reached in isolation. Maturity is never reached in isolation. Guys, this is a hard thing to say. So, according to the American Bar Association, let's just review some statistics. Research clearly shows that that young children who have experienced long periods of severe neglect and isolation, they have severe cognitive impairments, language deficiencies, academic problems, withdrawn behavior, problems interacting with peers, and they are especially susceptible to diseases due to an underdeveloped immune system. On the flip side, babies who are, are loved and handled and cared for, and, and they, they grow up with a normal cognition, normal language and academic skills and behavior, and they have a stronger immune system. Guys, the same thing is true of, of any Christian who decides to isolate themselves from the church and say, I'm not going to be a part of that. They find themselves diseased in their faith with doubt or fear or insecurity. They're more prone to those kinds of things and they'll stay in those things. And when I'm talking about distancing, the distancing that we're talking about isn't just simply physical, though that, that is a part of it. You know that whole physical distancing thing that we've been doing for the like year and a half and I'm tired of it, right? We, the signs are gone, they're not here anymore. We can sit close to one another, right? But we are talking about the physical body gathering together. There's an intimacy in the physical gathering of the body and it's so vital for us to be physically present with one another. In other words, I'm saying live stream church just won't cut it in the long haul. That's what Ephesians 10 is talking about. It says, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together physically as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. So guys, there's a a physical component, a visible component to our intimacy together in Christ. But I'm not just talking about the physical component. I'm talking about the spiritual intimacy as well. In other words, you guys know the saying, you can be present and not be present. You can be here and not be here, right? You can still be gathering physically and yet isolating yourself spiritually. So what that might look like is you're not willing to to share your sorrows or your struggles or your doubts with other believers. You're, you're, You're not confessing your sins with other 
believers. You're, you don't enjoy Jesus with other believers on a routine. You, you, don't, you don't share what you've been learning about God and in his word with others. You, you hide who you are and what you've done, maybe for fear of rejection or whatever the cause. For whatever reason, you're here physically, but you've not embraced and you, you've distanced yourself spiritually. And there's parts of your faith that are sick with doubt or fear or insecurity. Guys, Scripture says that transformation happens in intimate community when the pieces are put and joined together. So I've got to ask you, will today be the day you determine that your distancing from the body has been detrimental to your development as a disciple of Jesus? Will today be that day? Guys, intimate community is the environment for our transformation and for bodybuilding. So that's the first part. We spent most of our part talking about the whole bodybuilding thing, and I'm pathetic with that. But then we get to role number two, your unique role. Can we say this together? One, two, three. Your unique role. Guys, here's what's so crazy about this. Paul doesn't just make this about your growth. He makes it about everybody's growth, right? Everyone else as well. Look at how it verse ends in verse 16. The body promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. By the proper working of each individual part. So the growth of the body is contingent upon every part of that body contributing its own unique role. <laughs> so I'm gonna do it again. I don't know if you liked it or not, but it's okay. Turn to your neighbor. This time, who's not your spouse or a family member? And say to them, I am vital for your growth. Say it with all humility. I am vital for your growth. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you got you to you check in. If you distance yourself, not only are you stunting your own growth, but you're keeping other people from growing from the benefit that you can add into their life. If we distance ourselves from the body, not only do we stun our own growth, we don't contribute our own unique role that helps others grow as well. Guys, in other words, you know what Paul is saying here? You matter here. You are important here. What you bring to this church family is vital here. Only you can bring it here. Nobody else can bring you here except you. Nobody can contribute what you uniquely have to this church except you. You are so important for this church. And what that means then is we need you to be so intimately connected. We need you. Guys, I need you. For me to grow up into Christ's likeness, I need you to be intimately connected into my life. Or else there's going to be parts of the nature of God that I won't fully understand, and there's going to be parts of the character of Christ that I won't see within me without you. Without us being intimately connected as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. As if... if if my lungs in my body just decided to say, well, I'm collapsing, and they fall apart, they don't do anything, don't you think that would have ripple effects in the rest of my body? 
my heart would be like, wait, where's the oxygen that I need to send to the liver to keep the toxins from rising? I'd die. Things would start to have major breakdowns if one part of the body decided it wasn't going to contribute. The same thing here, brothers and sisters. Our body here as a local church will continue to break down as long as we decide I'm not going to be intimately connected. But if we make the decision that we will give ourselves intimately to this, deeply to this, oh goodness, what will happen here? How many lives would be changed because we decided that we're not going to hold on to our offenses anymore. We're going to embrace deeply my brothers and sisters here. So all in all, guys, pursuing transformation, growing into Christ's likeness is not an isolated pursuit. It is a bodybuilding experience. It happens with us here from Christ. So I'm, I'm gonna just quickly share a, a personal testimony of this and then we're gonna examine ourselves um, so I, I, for many years, I've, I've had the blessing from the Lord to, to see uh, uh, Christian men invest into my own walk with Christ, and they're very deeply involved in it. And, and the Lord has provided said brother here, and I'm grateful for his presence in my life and his ministry. And, 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 and as I've been like growing up, I've realized, like I've got a lot more junk in the trunk than I realized <laughs> I've, I've got, there's some messed up things in my heart. More than I ever thought. And praise God that he saves a, a sinner like me, a wretch like me. But, but I can tell you this, that, that I've, I've got a sh- some shame in, in, in a few areas of my life from, from my past and, and the, the things that I've done, um, some before Christ, some after Christ. And and, and I decided long ago that I was going to isolate that. That I wasn't going to allow anybody into those areas because it would, it would make me look bad. It would press in on the shame and, and, and it would just avoid all sorts of pain that I might feel. And I decided that. I decided I, I wasn't going to allow anybody in there. But as I've been studying this, as I've been growing up in a Christ-likeness, I realize that if I'm going to pursue Christ with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, then I've got to let a brother in. I've got to let somebody into that place. And so knowing that transformation happens in intimate community, God's grace allowed me to invite this brother in And with God's spirit, pointed out the lies that I had been believing since third grade, which in fifth grade caused me to start contemplating suicide. And there was all sorts of baggage along the way, different ways that that manifested. But I can tell you that the moment when I decided that I was going to let this brother intimately in to that area of my soul and my past and the area of shame. God's spirit came there and showed the lies 
and convince me of what's true. And I can tell you, standing here today, that what naturally flows out of that area now is more like Christ and less like Scott Bread. Simply because God's grace said, hey, invite him in. Let him come into that area. Don't, don't isolate, don't wall it off. There's grace here, right? The key to all of that was I said, I'm, I'm done with distancing. I'm done with it. I've, I've hidden away for far too long this area and I've not seen any growth in it in Christ-likeness and I constantly struggle with these things because of it. But no, 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 no I'm, I'm not gonna distance myself anymore. I need a brother to come in because I'm not strong enough. And God's grace is. And his grace is his spirit in you. So I would just ask that you, at this time, bow your heads and close your eyes. Bow your heads and close your eyes. And, 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 and I, with all of this said, I want to challenge you with, with this. We, we, we know and are convinced that transformation happens in intimate community. Let me challenge you, is your next step in your growth to abandon the isolation you've run to from the body and instead embrace this local body of believers under the care and the equipping of the leaders here? Is that your next step? Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, guys. If you can recall the statistics that I mentioned earlier about those neglected babies, they found that if they just removed them out of that environment of neglect and distance and, and started being intimate with them, the, the research showed that nothing changed, nothing corrected the damage done. They needed therapy, they needed supportive care, and they needed recovery. So what I'm asking, what I'm saying here is that the solution isn't to just start being more intimate. Some of us need to heal some of us need God to transform us in this area that has kept us distant from one another. And so I just want to ask, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you have some pain and some hurt that has kept you from being intimately close to the community here, and you want to see God break that stronghold, would you just simply raise your hand? Praise God. So if you, if you were one who raised your hand, I would, I would say that's just the start. We want to go deeper together and I wanna walk with you. So please come see me after or one of our leaders after. We have some ideas and some ways that we can walk with you through this and, and, and hopefully see some healing. But others of us, let's commit to being intimately connected to one another for the sake of our own growth and the growth of our church family here. We hope this message helps you multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit waynesboroughfm.com.